Hello, and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your number one podcast for recaps of frat parties that turn into blood parties that turn into shame parties. My name's Claire. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Beth. And we're here to recap season four, episode four, weirdly titled The Five. I didn't realize how dumb that was until until you said it out loud. Why? Why not? I don't know. Yeah. And this is our first real flashback episode in quite a while, I think. I know. I couldn't even remember the last flashback. And I think this is like the earliest we've gone back to. I think the ones... In last oh. season with the originals were earlier because that was like their origin, but this is very shortly oh, after that. Right. That's you're this right. is like within a human lifespan after that. Because this true. is like what they did first. Okay, good point and good recollection of the past. <laughs> but it just threw me off because it said like eleven hundred AD and I was like, A D I don't remember them putting like A D right? on like, the other dates. Yeah, I don't so. think they put a year <laughs> On the ones last season, or I don't remember okay. if they did. Yeah. They might have just said, like, the 12th century or long ago, once upon a time. <laughs> right. But yes, it's 1110 AD. 1110 AD, right. And we are in a spooky forest. There is a black lady speaking Latin, so we know magic is happening. <laughs> and lots of lightning, chanting, and a bunch of shirtless hunks. Yes. I had two questions. One is, which intern designed, like, the weird goblet that the witch was holding? Because it looked like something you could buy exclusively from Joanne Fabrics. Oh, I was thinking home goods. Okay, yes. Like, it looked like someone bought, like, twine and, like, like strung it around to, like, a plastic goblet thing. It to looked me, like an eighth grade project. It looked kind of like a 3D version of a sconce at, like, a really tacky vineyard. Yes, I could see that. Because it looked well. kind of like it was supposed to look like grapes. Yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> the, they uh, spared some expense in this scene. They sure did. But they did not spare the hugs. Yeah, they hit up the nearest Chippendales and they were like, give me your five best. <laughs> but they were all so clean shaven. I know, they all had no hair on their chest. Yeah. Is that, like, a prerequisite for being in the five? I don't know. Like, did the Greeks, like, shave themselves? I don't know. That's, like, all I can think of. I was, like... I, I love that question. Like, I feel like they should have been hairier. It just... It seemed historically inaccurate, but I don't know. Listeners, if you are an expert on 12th century uh, male grooming habits, please write to us and tell us if this is historically accurate. The only one of them who has lines is Scottish. I didn't know that when I was watching the episode the first time. I thought he just had a weird accent. Uh-huh. But I looked him up online afterwards, and the actor is Scottish, and it sounds like a Scottish person trying to do an English accent. <laughs> it does. It does. But yes, five shirtless babes, a witch with a goblet of fire, uh... The five guys all have swords, which they then hold out in front of them at dick height. <laughs> and we get a good aerial view of their, like, sword boners <laughs> as fire, it, like, reaches out from the goblet to connect all of them somehow. Yes. And we have, after, like, that lightning strike, 
the tattoos start to appear <laughs> on the hunks. If you see it, like, kind of pan out a little bit, and then, like, it focuses on, like, the little design on the sword, on the sword, which is kind of like the vines on the goblet, I guess. Yeah, and it's the same yeah. design that was on those um, crossbow or wooden bullets or whatever oh, that yeah. that uh, Connor shot Tyler with at the memorial. <laughs> right. So beautiful. So, yes, this is the origin story. Part one of the five who, how do you feel about the five after this episode to get ahead of ourselves Uh, a little bit? Do you care? I think is my main question. Do I care? I guess kind of because they seem like they're mystical creatures, but they're also not. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's a little confusing. Yeah. Like what, like what makes someone a potential member of the five is like the the biggest question I have, because I feel like that's not clear at all. Yeah. I don't remember if they tell us or not, but. I'm sure they don't. They might. I, it was probably just really stupid. So I didn't remember. (laughs) I say that with love. Yes. But it's funny because like, all I just keep thinking about is like, why Jeremy? And <laughs> David says like the same thing in yes. the next scene too. He's like, and Jeremy Gilbert of all people is the only one who can see their tattoo. Yes, that was a great moment because we yes. go to the Salvatore boarding house where Damon has been snooping through Connor's trailer to steal some of his personal effects, looking for mm-hmm. quote unquote a supernatural handbook. I don't know. As one does. I don't understand this, but. Stefan's like, oh, uh, I don't remember what Stefan says. What does Stefan say? Yeah, Stefan's like, apparently Stefan has like no idea what's going on because he's like, what happened? And I think Damon like has to tell him that he blew up the camper or whatever it's called. Well, apparently whatever either of them said was not very memorable. But we established that they both think that Connor died in that explosion at the hospital last week. Until <laughs> Damon gets a call from Sheriff Forbes, who doesn't appear in this episode, but gets a great shout out when Damon uh, picks guess. up his phone and says, Liz Forbes, my favorite sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she calls basically to tell Damon that no remains were found at the hospital, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Damon's like, well, what the fuck? Where's where's Connor? Because that doesn't make any sense. Yep. But he doesn't have too much concern or time to look into it because he kind of like passes the responsibility over to Stefan uh, because he's like, oh, yeah, I have to go on a road trip with Bonnie and Elena um, to teach Elena how to feed. And I think this is the first time he uses the snatch, eat, erase. I don't What would you call that? Like methodology <laughs> yes. of vampirism. It's like it reminded me of stop, drop and roll. I, of course, thought eat, eat, pray, love. Eat, pray, love. (laughs) There you go. Eat, slay, love. I don't know. That works. But yes, they're going to go on a road trip to Whitmore College, which... Is it a real school? I meant to Google it. I doubt it. Yeah. It's not the last time we'll go there, as you probably expect, since we meet a new character who works there. Oh, yes, we do. But Stefan's like, wait, what now? You're taking Elena where? Why? Who? What? When? How? Yeah, nobody told Stefan about this plan. It's wild that Elena didn't tell Stefan before Damon had a chance to. Like, whoa. I know. But... Elena's slipping. 
she's going through some shit. But our boys have like a little squabble where it's like, we're in a fight. No, we're not. Yes, we are. And they're both being kind of petty little bitches. And it's funny. Yeah. They always, they've been going back and forth about whether they're in a fight for like two and a half episodes. It's so funny. It's like either you are or you aren't, but stop like trying to define if you are. It just seems like such a silly way to spend like this time when you're this old. (laughs) Over a century. Mm -hmm. I did like Stefan's description of where he's at, which I feel like is where he's always at. He says... Because he because of the thing where Damon fed Elena his blood, he says, uh-huh. I'm still mad at you, but we're not in a fight. <laughs> or I'll always be mad at you, but we're not in a fight. Right. Straight out of, like, a, the mouth of a fifth grader. <laughs> Super accurate, though. <laughs> Surprisingly, he doesn't give Elena too hard a time about it when they are hanging out in the woods later. Right. He's just like, what? What's the haps? Yeah, and, like, Elena explains to him, like, I don't know if it's just a doppelganger curse or what's up with me, but I can't only drink animal blood. I can't drink blood bags. I can only drink from the vein. And I need to be able to go with Damon and have him teach me how to do this because I know that you can't without getting carried away and out of control and becoming a ripper. Yeah, and then she has a really lame excuse (laughs) for why she didn't ask Caroline. She's like, oh, Caroline's too good at controlling herself. So she would be a bad teacher for me. No explanation of how that makes sense. It sounds like an excuse. It is an excuse. Yeah. She wants to hang out with Damon because she thinks that he has the answers. And he has some answers. I don't know if they're the answers. Yeah. I don't know. But her and Stefan are having this conversation while they're doing like sexy play fight zoom woods activities so they're kind of like zooming at each other and like i don't know Stefan tries to throw an arrow (laughs) through elena but she catches it i don't know they're like training yes they call it hunter defense class and they're using a metal arrow instead of a wooden one so that nobody actually gets killed More foresight than I would expect from these two. (laughs) And yeah, I think the other thing that they mentioned while they're in the woods is that the the reason why they're going to Whitmore College is because a professor got in touch with Bonnie and this professor had taken over Graham's classes that she was teaching at the school. Mm -hmm. Did we know this about Graham? We did. There was a, a reference in either season one or season two about her teaching occult studies at the university. Oh, okay. I remember because I was like, oh, I know that comes back later. I was like, Gramps wasn't professor? I don't remember this, but that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago on the show and much longer ago in real life for us. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But yes, uh, Professor New Grams has some of Grams's stuff that he found in the office. Yes. Which, thinking about, like, boxes of stuff from a deceased professor sitting around in an office forever just makes me think of Vanessa over at Duke with yes. Isabel's research. <laughs> Memories. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, the professors in this world of Mystic Falls really care about getting things to their rightful owners. 
Except if you are the Aztecs, apparently. (laughs) Although it's been however much time has passed between like mid season one and now that that stuff's just been sitting there. So we should be suspicious. It has to be at least two years. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it took them that long to find somebody willing to teach this weird class. Probably. And they did find, like, apparently the perfect person. But we'll get there. Yes, we will. <laughs> First, we have to go to the grill. Hooray. Um, did the guys at the grill get new uniforms? I noticed that they had the their, like, branded t-shirts. <laughs> yes. That were very helpfully in vampire-themed colors. They. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize that. They are. It's a black t-shirt with, like, red creepy lettering. Mystic Grill. It actually looks kind of like the koozies that we got made for <laughs> our contest. It does. Oh, should we just remake these Mystic Grill t-shirts? I think we could get sued, but we could try. We could, I would wear it with pride. Yes. But we get a great moment in this scene that's kind of a shout-out to my favorite line from... I think the season premiere, Rebecca bops in and tosses some keys to Matt and is like, I bought you a new truck. It's paid for, insured, everything. (laughs) And now we know that Matt Donovan has automobile insurance. Hooray. (laughs) Thank God. I was LOLing so hard when she said, it's insured. I was thinking of you. (laughs) Have you heard of insurance, Matt? It's this thing where you pay a lot of money so that a company can refuse to actually give you any money back later because of bullshit reasons. Yep. What a scam. Yep. But Matt, at first, is all high and mighty, and he doesn't want to accept the truck. He's like, is this your way of saying you're sorry? You might want to give it to Elena, since she's the one who died. But Elena's car didn't die, so it doesn't make sense to give her a truck. It makes sense to give you a truck, Matt. Catch up. I know. But he is still mad. Like, it, it is totally valid that everybody's still mad at Rebecca about that. But I'm in, like, the history of this show, people get over stuff really quick. So it feels like everybody is overreacting somehow. Yeah. I, I have to keep mean. reminding myself, he, she literally murdered the main character of the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, I don't want your stupid truck. Blah, blah, blah. Later, he says he's going to take the truck. And, like, says it as though it's like a gotcha, like, oh, yeah, burnt. I am going to keep the truck. I know. No, you just realized how much it would cost to get a new truck. And and, uh, you didn't have any insurance on the last one. So you are starting from scratch. Yeah. It's a lot of shifts at the grill to get a brand new truck, Matt. Mm Mm-hmm. But what we see is that Klaus is actually hanging around in the background. And he has some thoughts on what's going on here. So Matt kind of, like, storms away, I guess, and Klaus, like, saunters from behind, like, this giant booth where he's sitting by himself, and he's like, Ahoy, Rebecca! You're over here trying too hard! And she's like, Klaus, I thought that you left town permanently. And he's all like, How could I leave town when my sister so desperate for love and attention is bribing the help it's like oh my god Klaus he does not pump the brakes on this line of uh, diss at all no throughout the episode and he just harps on it but I did enjoy that he called Matt the help (laughs) I I was laughing as well (laughs) 
but Rebecca doesn't really want anything to do with him. Like, she's still upset that he abandoned her um, and then broke her neck and left town. Yep. But Klaus thinks that he could lure her back in, and he's like, I have, like, some super important news. And she's like, there's nothing you could tell me that's going to change my mind. And he's like, what if I told you the Brotherhood of the Five still existed? <sighs> wow. And she gets a look on her face like, holy shit. But she says, I don't care about the five and I don't care about you. <laughs> Classic sibling arguments in this uh, episode. Indeed. So then we go to Whitmore. We don't get to see the the road trip itself, which is a shame. I would really like to see those three in a car together. I know. Uh, I feel like Bonnie would just be rolling her eyes like the whole time. Because, like, I don't know, she seems pretty chubby with Damon here, but I thought that she was still mad, like, about everything that went down with her mom and everything. They seem to be, like, on okay terms, but she's always, like, making cutting remarks about him. So it's, like, a friendship with an edge. Yeah. I agree. I would have liked to see the, the car ride there. Also, like, we haven't even gotten any mentions of Abby since last season, so apparently we just don't care about her anymore. Where are you, Abby? I have no... Like, they've made a reference to Jamie at least once, but... Yeah. Abby, fuck her. She ran away. She's dead to us. Yes, but... I am just imagining that on the road trip, Damon put on the Wicked soundtrack as a way to torture Bonnie and tried to sing along. (laughs) Oh... I want to see that outtake. (laughs) Somebody please, like, film a reenactment of this. I could totally see Damon doing his eyebrow acting to musical soundtracks. (laughs) Oh, my God. But sadly, we're at the school already. And Elena's feeling kind of mopey. She's like, I don't think I'm ever going to go to school. I don't think college is in my future. Because Bonnie is talking about, like, Better to learn this stuff now than waiting until freshman orientation. Yeah. But Damon's like, what are you talking about? You're going to go to college. I went to college a bunch of times and Bonnie and Elena seemed like shocked. (laughs) But he's like, what? I love sorority girls. And then I threw up in my mouth a few times. Bonnie says, you're disgusting. And Damon says, I know. And it it is that (laughs) dynamic where it's like, ew, you're gross, but... In a chummy way, as you said. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they, like, walk across the quad, and we see them funnel into, like, this um, lecture-style classroom where there's a dude up front giving a presentation on witches. And Elena's like, Bonnie, is that, like, the person who called you about Grams' stuff? And she's like, yeah. And Elena's like, he's pretty hot. (laughs) <laughs> and then Bonnie's like, yeah, I know. But he isn't that hot. I don't know. I mean, he's attractive. Yeah. But he's not, I mean, he's no Elijah. He's not lighting my personal fire. But yeah. he's good looking. I guess. I don't know. He seems I think like it's, the character is not attractive. Yeah. The actor is more attractive than the character is. I, I totally because one of the first things that we hear out of this man's mouth is he's like lecturing oh when you think of witches maybe you think about this or this or this or maybe an ex-girlfriend Ugh, I know. like fuck you 
first of all. Yeah. And then he immediately, like, goes into this, like, explanation of witches and, like, how they appear across every culture and that they're, like, the managers of the supernatural and that, like, everything, like, ghosts, vampires, doppelgangers, werewolves. He, like, lists all of the mystical creatures from this damn show. And, Claire, are doppelgangers, like, a very popular, like, mystical creature? No. I know. Oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck? He's shout out doppelgangers as Elena's walking into the classroom. It's so suspicious, but nobody even raises an eyebrow, not even Damon. And he raises eyebrows without even thinking about it most of the time. Yeah. I noticed the same thing. I was like, he jumped right to doppelgangers. Like, he didn't even say werewolves or, like, chupacabras. Or Wait, are chupacabras real? <laughs> I think they are. I don't know. They seem like they would be mystical. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Doppelgangers, like, outside of the show, it's more of, like, a concept than, like, a specific creature. It's, like... A spooky thing, but not like doppelgangers yeah. are a species of rabbit who have special poison in their claw. Like, yeah, it's just uh, very weird. I agree. I was I was laughing at that. But maybe Damon was too busy formulating this quip to notice that it was weird because he leans over to Elena and says, "What is this guy? Wikipedia." <laughs> And Elena thinks it's really funny, but Bonnie is not happy with it, and she shushes him. Yes, she's embarrassed. She's like, I can't take these two anywhere. They like puns too much. (laughs) Wikipedia. (laughs) And these two would definitely be the annoying people who talk during a movie that I would want to murder. Yeah, if I, I was could ever totally see that. at a screening with them because they're just straight up having a conversation in this class that they don't even they're not even like paying to attend the school and they're just chatting <laughs> during a lecture. I know it's so rude. Like if I was like visiting college, like before I was in like college, I would be like quiet and respectful. I would be so and, too like, scared nervous. to say anything. Yeah, exactly. But but Elena's gotten this bullshit from Stefan into her head. Like, what if I'm a ripper like Stefan. Like, what if that's what we find out? Stefan's found a way to enhance her anxiety for no reason. Yeah. Damon's like, oh, no, you'll be fine. But, you know, one way to find out, find you somebody to eat. (laughs) Right. And then he does this, like, Mean Girls cafeteria tour style thing of, like, this type of person's good for this kind of thing. Like, blah, 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 blah. I know. It was so gross. Do you think when he said that she doesn't want to feed off of stoners because they're too paranoid and she'll get a contact high that he learned that from feeding off of Jeremy at some point? (laughs) Or maybe from Vicky? Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that that being Vicky. I feel like Jeremy is one of those people that, like, takes, like, one puff of weed and he's like, I'm so stoned. (laughs) Like, I I can't. And he, like, actually doesn't even, like do any drugs yeah he doesn't inhale yeah exactly he just like lets a joint hang out of his mouth and passes (laughs) it on Uh, i did uh feel a little bit uh called out when (laughs) elena looks over at a girl with glasses who looks like she's paying attention to class which means she's a geek apparently 
Yeah. But Damon says, geeky girls are inherently suspicious of people who are nice to them. And I was like, just at me next time, Damon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this was such a mean girls moment. And then he continues on because uh, she looks at like the girl who's sitting next to the geeky girl, I guess, quote unquote. <laughs> and she is blonde and Damon's like yeah that's like someone you want a pretty girl because they're easily flattered and self-absorbed and they're very easy to like separate from the pack it's like Jesus Christ and he says something like the one you want is the pretty blonde one and like I think that's the one you want Damon yeah (laughs) like we've talked it before about like drinking somebody's blood is very sexual in a lot of scenes on this show so he's like, I find this one sexy. And it's like, we've seen no literal evidence of Elena liking chicks. Yeah. So Damon, stop projecting. <laughs> find her a hunk. Right? And then I think we wrap it up in class. Mm, and... After Professor Shane calls them out for talking, right? Oh, yes. Right. And has yet another line that makes me feel very suspicious of him. He's like, oh, hey, why are you interrupting? And Damon's like, oh, I was just saying how much I love witches. And the professor says something like, you and me both, brother. Ugh, I know. Like, what a weird thing to say. It was so creepy because I took it in like, a se- like, he was like saying it like, I like them sexually. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he probably does. Yeah. We don't know him that well yet, but it's a good guess. Yeah. But yeah, then we go to House of Klaus. Yes. And I thought, like, Klaus got rid of his house. I think Rebecca moved out of the house after he left town. But I don't think it was... He didn't put it on the market after all of his renovations. (laughs) No. He still has his homeowner's insurance. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, so Klaus has Connor, like, strung up on some... I don't even... What is it? Like a torture device? It has like shackles for wrists and ankles and Connor's just kind of like up there. Yeah, it's like... I don't... I'm not an expert on historical torture devices, but he says to Stefan at some point that he kept it from the Inquisition. And I know I've heard of a torture device called the rack. I don't know if that's what this is, but it was what jumped to mind. But it's basically like... A table without legs that's at like a 45 degree angle that he's strapped onto by his arms so that he always is flexing his biceps. Yeah. And Stefan makes a Fifty Shades of Grey reference about it, which I have questions about. (laughs) Like, when did Stefan read Fifty Shades of Grey? And Fifty Shades of Grey, as we all know, started as Twilight fan fiction and we know that Twilight exists in this universe. So I think what we're learning here is that Stefan is secretly a huge Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey fan. Wow. I like this theory. <laughs> and I like the idea of Klaus toting around a torture device from the Inquisition for hundreds of years. And you like, never know. What kind, of, what kind of storage units do you need like throughout the world in order to get that over to Mystic Falls? I mean, he has a network of people through Craigslist, apparently, (laughs) keeping him hooked up with everything. (laughs) And something comes up here that I couldn't remember if it was mentioned before, but Stefan says something like, oh, you've probably found out, as I already did, that Connor can't be compelled. Is that something that happened in a previous episode that I just forgot about? Or I don't 
No, I don't know if they said it before. I I did make note of it here that Stefan says it. Yeah, I don't remember it being addressed in a previous episode. Okay. Maybe they just need to drop it in to, I don't know. Maybe it was a deleted scene or something. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, what would they want to compel him for anyway? I guess just to to forget. Like, his his vampire hunter secrets. That's right. That makes sense. I sometimes forget if, like, compelling is only to make people forget things or if you could also Mm. compel them to, like, make you tell information. Yeah, you can do it for both those things and to make people do things. And uh, that ability is going to uh, make me angry later (laughs) for when it's not used. (sighs) So Klaus has summoned Stefan here to talk about this whole hunter thing. And he's like... I couldn't get anything out of him, but, oh, I have lots of information about this. Would you like to go on a flashback journey with me, Stefan? And Stefan says something like, oh, well, I have nothing to do today except get answers from you. And Klaus is like, sounds like a dream come true to me. Because he's still got his little crush on Stefan. He does. He does. And he's excited for this moment. We flash back to 1114 A.D., Ah, yes. And Klaus <laughs> explains to Stefan that the originals had <laughs> just been following the Normans south through Europe. <laughs> I guess they end up in, like, southern Italy. And we have this scene. And Elijah looks so good with his long hair, doesn't he? I, like, barely recognized him. I was just so happy that he was there. But yeah, Klaus's wig, this is the worst wig that we've seen yet. <laughs> Like, it is outrageous. <laughs> it looks like it came from the Halloween store. Klaus, <laughs> like, looks like a Ken, like a mermaid Ken doll is, like, the only thing that I can <laughs> describe it as. It also looks like it's kind of askew. Like, it's not at the right angle on his yeah. head. I guess they had to rush filming these scenes or something. I don't know. But I liked Elijah's though. hair. You could definitely tell it was a wig. By comparison, it was pretty good. But... <laughs> he's always looking good he can pull off unfortunate hair he does and like rebecca looks like very youthful in these scenes as well i don't know Mm -hmm. if they like did her makeup a special way i think Uh, they made her hair fluffier yeah they gave her like some ringlets in the front and made her look more angelic right yeah that's definitely like that kind of look so basically in this scene the three original siblings are watching um, one of the five or maybe more put on like a display against vampires. Yeah, they're like in this town square and I'll just call him Alexander because we find out his name soon. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one who has lines or a name. <laughs> he, he's like grandstanding about like, oh, this terrible creature, blah, blah, blah. And they have this big box and they open it up and a vampire stumbles out and catches on fire because it's the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and the originals are a like... gaudy ass ring. Oh, yes. No gaudy ass ring for this bitch. <laughs> and Klaus and Elijah are like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. And then we see Rebecca going over to Alexander and he kisses her hand. We're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, where's this heading? <laughs> Nowhere good. So I think that we flash back to present day and Stefan's like shocked. He's like, you're meaning to tell me that these hunters have been around for 900 years? 
And class is like, yeah, but we didn't know that they were around because this is the first time that we've saw one, like, since back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yes, he thought they were extinct until that pesky Connor showed up. Right. But then he teases Stefan a little by saying that Connor holds the answers to all of his prayers. Oh, yes. What do you mean, Klaus? So dramatic. But Is Klaus it that won't... Fifty Shades of Grey Part 4 will be released? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Klaus won't tell Stefan until he agrees to get Rebecca over to the house. And it's just, like, so weird because Stefan and Rebecca, like, are not on good terms. So I don't know why Klaus, like, recruits Stefan to bring Rebecca over. I think it's related to this whole thing, this episode, where he's just making fun of Rebecca for liking people sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And she was in love with Stefan back in the day, so he has a better chance, I guess, than Klaus does of getting to her. And also, I think he just wants to hang out with Stefan. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And Stefan's like, fine, I'll I'll try, because he wants to know the answer to his prayers. Yes. So then we go back over to the grill, where Matt's still working. He's hustling. He's out there making that insurance money. (laughs) And we see April sitting at a booth, and Matt goes up to her, and he's like, oh, hey, April, like, here's your water or some shit and she's like don't worry i am not sitting here alone like a loser my friend is in the bathroom and Matt's like whoa all right (laughs) he's really shitty about it though he's like oh do you want another water like trying to shame her for sitting at a restaurant only ordering water and i'm like yes i get that 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 can be shitty but like she's a high school student that's what high school students do and yeah. I thought you were supposed to be, like, friends. And her dad just died in a creepy explosion. So <laughs> shut the fuck up, Matt. Damn it, Matt. I didn't even notice the shade. Ugh, it's just classic Matt. But yeah. he's like, oh, a friend, huh? And then Rebecca arrives. And I was like, wait, when did this happen? Oh, right. They became friends sort of after the party last week. Yeah, when April was just weirdly cleaning her room <laughs> while Rebecca was sleeping. If somebody was letting me take a nap and cleaned my room for me... Under certain circumstances, I would want to be their friend. Yeah. If they didn't do anything else weird afterwards. Right. I would meet up with them for some waters at the grill. (laughs) But Matt's like, you're friends with her? What? (laughs) Total overreaction. And he's like, well, all right, Rebecca, but I'm keeping the truck. He just, like, (laughs) drops it in there. Yep. And then Rebecca is like... Like, April, like, kind of, like, walk watches Matt walk away, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rebecca's like, I have dibs. He's off limits. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. I feel like Rebecca has dibs on a lot of people. I think she does. <laughs> but and hey. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. She when, can do so much better than Matt. When you're 2,000 years old or whatever, you can have as many dibs as you want. That's true. <laughs> but we think maybe we're going to, like at least get a little bit of conversation about what's happening with the investigation of the explosion. But no, (laughs) Stefan just swoops into the booth, compels April to not remember anything that's about to happen. And so April is hilariously just sitting there, like watching their conversation for the rest of the scene. Like what the, what the hell is this? Who are these people? (laughs) Like, has she even met Stefan? 
I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it cracked just me up, in though. passing, but yeah, it was it was funny. She was just kind of like staring there blankly. <laughs> but yeah, Stefan's like doesn't beat around the bush. He's like, "Hey, Rebecca, Klaus wants me to make peace with you so that you can tell us more information about the five. And Rebecca's like, "No, like fuck you. I don't want anything to do with Klaus. Like this is bullshit." Mm-hmm. And then Stefan starts playing like a little bit dirty. So he's like, listen, I'm never going to forgive you for, like, turning Elena and, like, killing her. But I'm willing to give you, like, a clean slate if you come over and do this. Because you can't be happy, like, walking around school and having nobody like you and having no friends. Ugh. Stefan. What the fuck? I know. And then he sweetens the deal by saying that maybe he can help her get a clean slate with Matt, too. I'm like, how? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, who are you, Stefan? Although, apparently there's no more of her vein because it all was burnt in the explosion. So yeah. I guess he could compel Matt into being friends with Rebecca, which has its own whole other set of creepy implications. Oh, I didn't even think about him doing that. I thought he was just going to have, like, a heart-to-heart with Matt about about it. <laughs> I mean, Matt is very stupid, so I could see him, like, having a conversation with Stefan where Stefan's like, actually, it was good what she did, and uh, she really likes you, and she's nice, and she's good in bed, so date her. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Now that you put it that way, I could totally see that conversation happening. (laughs) He's easily led. Yeah. So now Rebecca is interested. Yes. And before... She accompanies uh, Stefan back over to the Klaus house. We go go back to campus. So it seems like the class has ended and Bonnie, I don't know where she goes, but Damon and Elena are on a stroll like through the quad and he's like prompting her to like pick somebody to just feed on in the middle of like broad daylight. So they see the blonde girl that they had seen in class and he's like, all right, Elena, like, go do it. So she like kind of approaches this girl and she's like, hey, like, I noticed you were in my witch class. (laughs) Can you share the reading? And then the girl like looks at her phone and she's like, "Uh, yeah, sure. And I'm like, "Okay, I know everything was online at this point um, in college history, but okay." (laughs) And Elena, like, goes to grab her hand, I think, to, like, make her attack, but she notices, like, a little girl, like, picture background on the girl's phone screen. She's like, who is that? And the girl says, it's my little sister. And Elena is just such a good person that she can't go through with, like, attacking the blonde girl. Yes, and so she compels her to run away and forget about this. Right. And Damon's like, what the hell? I thought we were going to have a sexy time with this hot blonde. I know. And Elena's like, I'm still myself. And like, I still feel the same way. I still feel bad about doing shit like this. Yeah. And he's like, that's so stupid. Like everybody has somebody in their life who loves them and would be sad if they died. But you can't like run away every time you see a cute kid in a photo on a phone. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, Bonnie approaches and she's holding like a flyer for a a murder house frat party. And as you said just a moment ago, everything was on the internet and phones by this time. (laughs) Nobody was handing out paper flyers for a party. No. I don't think they even did that when I was in college. 
years yeah, before this. No, this is like, and last episode, there was two flyers as well. Remember there was, or maybe it was two episodes ago. There was the flyer for Rebecca's party mm. and there was the flyer about the, about the curfew. Oh my God. So many flyers. Maybe there's like a very big mill in Mystic Falls that they're trying to keep in business. <laughs> uh, Damon says, oh, like we got to go to this frat party. This will be douche central. You'll be eating very well tonight, Elena. Which is a good point. Yeah. But also no one on this show has ever been to college or to a frat party. <laughs> yeah. Damon went to sorority parties. <laughs> So then we leave campus and we go back over to Klaus's house where Connor is still shackled up on the torture device. But now Rebecca's here. So, yeah, she walks in and she looks at Connor and she's just kind of like, what the hell? Like, he doesn't have any tattoos. Like, this isn't one of the five. And Klaus explains that the tattoos aren't visible on this lot like they were on the last. And he then... Tells everybody it's time to have dinner because he loves throwing dramatic dinner parties in his mansion. And did you notice that the woman that he has as a waitress is wearing the same ugly outfit as the time that he had, like, Stefan and Damon and Elijah for dinner last season? Oh, is it the same outfit? I didn't notice It is. It's the black skirt with, like, the cream silk chemise. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It made me laugh so hard. That's like that is such a tacky outfit. Was it the same girl that was like draining Elena of her blood as well? Oh, I don't know. I didn't notice. I didn't really notice her face because I was like, "Wait, is that the same outfit? Is that the same outfit?" <laughs> the outfit. <laughs> uh, I thought that it might have been her, but also I feel like a lot of the people that they hire to do those roles generally are like roughly the same like shape and height. So I could I could be wrong. Yes. Are you saying that all pretty blonde women are interchangeable? No. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, boy. They have this very annoying conversation around the dinner table where Rebecca says she's mad at Klaus for taking her for granted, to which Klaus says, that's what big brothers do. I'm like, I think that's just what men do (laughs) in general. Like, go more general. He says something about like, oh, you're so delicate. Yeah. He's like, forgive me. And Rebecca, it looks like she's like starting to come around despite her her protests. And uh, Stefan has a funny moment here where he's just like sitting there staring straight ahead and says, let me just name the other million people I'd rather be having dinner with right now. That was pretty funny. Stefan usually doesn't have too many jokes. So yes, I, I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's time for another flashback. Yeah, so Klaus is just so dramatic because, like, Rebecca just wants to, like, get over, get it over with and just, like, tell Stefan what's up. But Klaus is like, don't jump ahead, Rebecca. Let's set the scene. So they flash back and we learn more about Alexander. And I guess, is this where they're having, like, a dinner with him like so it's like klaus elijah rebecca and alexander oh yeah they're like eating on some beautiful veranda and klaus mentioned something like they thought it was totally chill to hang out with him because he was looking for night walkers or whatever and they could be in the sun so they were safe yeah because they had their daylight rings 
And yeah, Alexander's like kind of explaining a little bit about the five and he's like, we're all bond to a single cause, the destruction of all vampires. Um, and he explains to the originals that the five have the ultimate weapon um, that no vampire can survive. But in order to see what the weapon is, they have to interpret their tattoos, which are a puzzle. Um, but that you, but that it's all, it's a puzzle that's also a map that you also need the sword to read. Do we learn that in this scene? I don't know, but we learn yeah. it at some point and it'll at be equally point. stupid no matter what scene it's in. <laughs> but like, I don't even understand how the sword, like, they just like hold it up to the tattoo. Like, I don't see exactly how that works, but that's fine. I mean, we had the Gilbert device. We had the moonstone. We need a MacGuffin for this season. Yeah. So now we got this tacky sword, Uh this dick sword, (laughs) and they're being very vague about what the weapon is and like, oh, no vampire can survive. Intrigue, intrigue. And then I think, do we like flashback to present day where Mm -hmm. like Klaus is like, all right, so, well, I guess they're all just saying like, okay, well, whatever, what are we supposed to do? Because we can't see the tattoos. And Klaus is all like, we can't see them, but someone else can. And then, like, his hybrids, like, Dragon Jeremy Gilbert. <laughs> and Stefan's like, no! And, like, zooms over there. And Jeremy's like, I'm not helping you. It's just so funny, like, to imagine how long Jeremy's just been, like, trapped prisoner in the house of Klaus <laughs> waiting for this dramatic reveal. That's right, because you know, like, Klaus was, like, waiting until, like, the perfect moment at dinner to, like, drag him out. Do you think he and uh, Nate, the other hybrid, were playing Parcheesi this whole time? I could see that, definitely. (laughs) I kind of like Nate, the other hybrid. I don't know why. He's cute. Yeah, he is. That's why. (laughs) Yep. But we'll get to Nate later. Yeah, we will. (laughs) Uh, Stefan wants to, like, put a stop to this, whatever. <laughs> First, Klaus says something like, Oh, Jeremy is a bit of an artist. <laughs> and then he rips off Jeremy's ring, to which I say, Jeremy is still wearing that ring. Good point. Right? What the damn hell? I mean, I guess Esther can't do her shit anymore. Although, isn't she still on the other side? I, I'm i so confused by this. Nobody's worried that Jeremy's wearing this ring. No, they're not. And maybe that's why Jeremy could see this fucking tattoo. Because he's wearing the ring and it's like turning him evil. Who the hell knows? <laughs> but the plan is that he is going to draw a little picture of the tattoo for them. <laughs> yes. But before we get to see the artiste at work, we have to go to the frat party. Uh, wow. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here, if you will. So Damon arrives and he says that he's a ripper and he's with Bonnie and Elena and they have like creepy, like sexy costumes. I don't even know what they're supposed to be. So Damon is dressed as Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. And Bonnie and Elena are dressed as two of his victims and Jack the Ripper killed prostitutes. So they're dressed as dead hookers. Which is really okay. classic because they have fake slit throats. I'm like, yeah. how did, like, I can see Elena getting talked into this, but how did Bonnie get talked into this? She's going to meet up, like, I don't know if the plan was for her to meet up with 
Professor Shane? Because why the hell is he at this party? <laughs> but. Oh my gosh. I do yeah. not buy it on Bonnie's behalf. No. And like. Where did they, they get these that... costumes at such short notice? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. They didn't know that this party was happening until like two hours ago. <sighs> oh my God. But yeah, some schlub comes and answers the door and he's like, hey, I'm Frankie or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> he's like, enjoy the party. Bloody Marys are free till midnight. That's what I knew that no one in this show had ever been to a frat party because what frat party have you been to where they're like serving up free Bloody Marys to order? Ugh, I would not also, why are they shit. drinking Bloody Marys at night? I know. I mean, I uh, get that it's like a murder thing, but yeah. And no. Can you imagine like how gross a Bloody Mary would be like at a frat house? Like, you know that they're not putting enough ice in there. Mm. You know that they bought like the cheapest, nastiest Bloody Mary mix. Ugh, it would just be so gross. And I mean, I'm I would... a Bloody Mary lover. Like, I love a good Bloody Mary. I would never drink a Bloody Mary if you paid me a million dollars. Because I don't like anything tomato. Yeah. But okay, fair. <laughs> Fair. It was a very weird choice. It was. Everything about this frat party is a very weird choice. Yeah. And as I mentioned, the next weird choice is that Professor Shane is just hanging out there, drinking with his students like he's a Lark Saltzman, but with no shame, with no, like, nobody is think saying or thinking anything is weird about this. Like, is he a TA, maybe? But no, he's, he's Professor Shane. Yeah, I know. This I is not how college works. No, it's not at all. And I have a lot of Buffy thoughts this episode, and I think about Buffy season four, where we meet Riley Finn, who's one of the love interests. Okay. And he's a TA for Buffy's psychology class, but he's also in a frat. So I was like, oh, maybe he's supposed to be like a kind of Riley character, but no, I don't know. But Riley also sucked, so. Ugh. It's just so irresponsible. It's just wild that nobody says anything about it. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. professor's here. Cool. Yeah. And Bonnie just like waltzes like right up the stairs and she's like kind of like talking to him and saying what's up. <sighs> Meanwhile, Elena and Damon like turn to the crowd. They're not wasting any time. They want to figure out who Elena's going to attack. And she's like looking like scoping out the crowd, looking at some people. And then she sees this guy fucking obviously roofie and a girl oh my god it is the most obvious roofing i have ever seen and there's this super loud sound effect when he drops the roof into the cup as though he's like dropped a marble into it it's like bloop. <laughs> i know i didn't even think about how weird it was the fact that they like made the sound effect so loud but they're supposed to be at a frat party music bumping people chugging bloody berries everywhere and you're gonna hear a bloop <laughs> Of a roofie. Like, even with vampire hearing. Yeah. Oh and, gosh. like, it's not even, like, while the girl has turned her back, she's just holding this cup in front of her, and he just, like, drops it in, like, oh, here we go. Right. It's so funny. It is. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. No, the way that they did this scene was funny. Yes, roof the roofing itself was not. <laughs> But Elena sees it happening is like, I have some recent experience with being roofied, so fuck this guy. I can't uh, feed on, well, I can feed on Matt, but not in a satisfying way. So I pick him as my victim for some catharsis, perhaps. Fair enough, Elena. If you're going to pick somebody, I would pick this this fool. And the guy they cast to play this bro, it's like, 
chef's kiss perfect. Like, he looks very much like a guy who would roofie somebody at a frat party. Like, he and just he has does. that face. Yeah. So maybe someone has been to a frat party, in, in casting at least. <laughs> <laughs> but Damon's like, ooh, roofie guy? Good choice. Because everybody yeah. in the room has witnessed this roofying, so he's just roofie guy. Yeah. So Elena, like, walks by and, like, spills her drink onto him a little bit, and she's like, OMG, like, so sorry, like... You want to come with me to get a drink? And does she take the cup from the other girl, too? She absolutely does not. She doesn't? Oh, I couldn't tell if she did or not. I had to. I rewound it a couple times to yeah. make sure. She just leaves this girl with her roofied cup and is like, because you're taking this guy away, she's going to be fine. She's still getting roofied. And there's all these other frat guys around. Like, nothing yeah. good is going to come of this. And neither she nor Damon does anything about it. They just forget she exists. That ain't right. Oh, my God. I am so upset about this. I just assumed that she had to take it during all that, like, kerfuffle of, like, the spilling of the drinks and whatnot. Nope. And this is why I was mad thinking about, like, you could compel somebody to do something. So maybe, like, compel that girl to dump her drink down the drain. Maybe uh, at the end of this next scene, compel that guy to never roofie anybody again. But no, (laughs) none of this happens. A wasted opportunity. It would be so easy to take two seconds to even have her spill this girl's drink. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm very Sorry. upset about it. it. Yes. Also, Satirius just bit my toe. I don't no, know why. He's kitty. All riled. I guess because I'm getting all riled up. He like just attacked <laughs> my foot. He's mad about Rufus too. <laughs> same. Same Satirius. Same. But yeah. So Alerna. Alerna. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Elena lures this gross man into, like, a private room. She's like, don't scream. And she, like, impels him. And then she, like, digs in, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With her teeth. Yes. (laughs) I did appreciate that she compelled him not to scream, but didn't compel him to, like, not be afraid or to not feel pain like she does later. Yeah. I appreciate that choice, at least. Yes, I did like that. Yeah, for all the other people, she's like, this isn't going to hurt. You're going to be okay or like something like like that. But not for this, not for this fool. Yeah. But yeah, she's enjoying it. Um, and then Stefan walks in and he's like, all Damon. right, like, oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I'm not even drinking. That's the thing that's so messed up about this. You're pregnant. Yeah. But even when I'm not, I just, <laughs> I just say the wrong names. Anyway, so then Damon walks in and he's like, all right, Elena, like, calm down. The idea is, like, not to kill him. So eventually she kind of, like, steps back a little bit and stops feeding from him. And she's like, feet, or she compels the guy, like, she's like, leave and forget about this. She doesn't even tell him to go home. So he's probably just going to go back out into the party and rape that girl. Oh, my gosh. I know. Anyway. It's messed up. We can't think about that for too long because Damon and Elena are both very horny for their their success. They have this big hug. Elena's like, I'm feeling great. I want more. Yeah. And then Damon gets like a, like a real life boner face. Yes. He gets a boner in his pants, which is expressed very well by his face. Yes. These two. And now for the opposite of boners. We see Jeremy attending his very first life drawing class. <laughs> He's just sketching 
Connor's naked torso and they're having a little convo where Connor's like, yo, why did you set me up at the hospital? Like, vampires suck. Why can you see my tattoos if you don't hate vampires? Yeah, and Jeremy's all like, you tried to hurt all the people who are important to me. And Connor's like, vampires aren't important. That's bullshit. <laughs> I was like, who is Jeremy even talking about? Because he's been very on, like, anti-vampire bullshit yeah. this week. But then I remembered he shot Tyler, the love of Jeremy's life. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> so it's like, Jeremy can only hate vampires when it's a reason to be shitty to Elena, I think, is the moral of the story here. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, and Connor's, like, confused because he's doesn't understand how Jeremy can see his tattoo if he's a quote-unquote sympathizer, <laughs> which I guess is a vampire fan. Yes. Yeah, and then we learn, like, a little bit more about how Connor has become one of the five. So, apparently, he was in Iraq? Yeah. Yeah, so he was in Iraq. He met someone who has the mark, aka the tattoo, and he was talking with, like, that person that he served with, and he explained that if Connor could see the mark, that meant that he he had potential to like be a vampire hunter as well and that the oh sorry well what he says is that he was a potential which i point out because this is another buffy moment that this has to be an intentional reference because the entire like overarching plot of the last season of buffy is that all of the potential slayers who they call potentials so somebody is a potential Oh. are being hunted by this evil thing. And so they have to get all the potentials to Sunnydale and protect them and fight the evil. I'm like, this is the only other time I've heard anybody say a potential. Yeah. See, I didn't even pick up on it. Like, and I didn't know that it was, like, its own thing. This is the second, at least, moment in the season that has seemed to have a very direct corollary to the last season of Buffy which is the worst season of Buffy it's terrible and this is a pretty bad season and I feel like these are ill portents <laughs> like oh no you're only referencing the shittiest season of Buffy <laughs> we don't want to think about potentials or evil misogynist priests yeah womp womp but anyway just had to do my little Buffy tangent there no yeah thank Please you continue. for pointing it out thank you for pointing it out Yeah, so then Connor explains that, like, one day the tattoo just showed up on him, presumably after killing his first vampire, but he explains the more vampires that he kills, like, the more his tattoo spreads. Yeah, he doesn't really seem to know why the tattoo appeared, or he doesn't say. Mm -hmm. He's just like, yeah, I didn't see that guy for a while, and then suddenly I have this tattoo. What the hell? Yeah. And he said the guy mentioned he had this overwhelming need to kill vampires, which I guess is probably also just a part of the five psyche. Yeah. You're just born with it. I was born this way. And then we have to go to the shittiest dinner party again, where we're having yet another flashback because Klaus explains that they needed more information but Alexander was never going to tell them. Luckily, Rebecca was very uh, willing to investigate. (laughs) Uh, So 
Yeah, we have this scene where she's like making out with Alexander. They're having a great time. <laughs> and yeah, so basically like this is where we find out that the sword is the key mm. to being able to read the map. And then Alexander asks Rebecca if she would accompany him and the five like on their quest to like I I guess like follow the map to like find the secret vampire weapon thing. Mhm. So she's like, yes, I'll, I'll accompany you. And she's like straddling him and they're having like a sexy makeout moment. And she notices something like on the bedstand. And it's like this like tiny like apothecary jar full of like ash. And it just has like a little dagger sticking out of it. And he explains that that's a special weapon for like a special kind of vampire. Did the originals know about the daggers at this point? I don't think I wasn't clear on that because Rebecca seemed to be like, oh, shit. But I feel like she knew like that. It was weird that he had it there, but I don't think she knew what it was at this point. At least that's what it seemed like. I don't know if we ever find out for sure, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, do you really believe that all vampires are so evil? What if some of them were nice and pretty and had blonde hair and were riding you? (laughs) And Alexander's like, less talking, more fucking. Let me, like, put my hands on random places on your body for a while and then stab you. Ugh. Brutal. Poor Rebecca. So, yeah, she, like, immediately starts turning gray. And this is, like, the same dagger, right, that, like, we've been daggering the originals with, like, over the past couple seasons. Yeah, that dagger has been, or one of its siblings has been in Rebecca's chest many times over the centuries. Yeah. So then we learn that Alexander, like the rest of his brothers, like put them all, like dagger them all. But as we know, the dagger doesn't work on Klaus because he's a special fancy hybrid. Mm -hmm. So the next thing that we see is like Rebecca, like waking up. And seeing Klaus, like, standing there covered in blood. And then Alexander's just, like, impaled with a giant sword, like, against a wall. Just, like, dead as a doornail. There's, like, blood smeared all over the walls. Like, we all know Klaus is such a beautiful artist. I think these are maybe his first finger paintings. (laughs) And Rebecca's like, what happened? Ah!" And Klaus is, like, so horrible in this fucking scene. Ugh. So he's, like, yelling at Rebecca. He's like, how could you have trusted him? Like, all of us are daggered. And he and Rebecca's like, I didn't know. Like, I'm like, I'm so sorry, Nick. Like, I didn't know that this was going to happen. And he's like, what did he promise you? And the last time we heard him yell with this much force was when he told Stefan to turn it off. (laughs) And he keeps screaming it. And she's like, nothing. Nothing, I swear. And we cut back to the present and Klaus is like, you want to tell him, little sis, what uh, this weapon was, what he promised to give you? Yes. So the great weapon to bring about the end of the vampire species is a cure. And how convenient that we learn that there is a cure for vampirism just a mere week after Elena becomes a vampire. 
Or as Stefan says in his weird pronunciation, vampirism. Vampire. I don't even know. I didn't even know that was a word until this episode. And I well, said you, it like You pronounced times. it correctly. Okay, good. Stefan did not, even though he is a vampire. But oh. it's like, oh, yes. Great timing. A cure. But Stefan says, there's no such thing. Somebody would have found it in the last 900 years or whatever. Right. Uh, so maybe this is where they explain that, like, they saw no hunters for, like, 900 years. And, like, this is the mm-hmm. first time that, that they're back. Yeah. And then we get a lot more of Klaus yelling at Rebecca and calling her pathetic. And saying that she would tell the first person who told her she was pretty where the sword is. Or, like, what the plan was if they let her be in on it. I don't I don't even remember, like, the details. It's just Klaus being really shitty at Rebecca for a while. Yeah. And, like, it's it's just so sad. And I think we'll talk about it in Why Are Men, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, like, totally berating her here. And Rebecca, like, stands up for herself a little bit here. She's like, listen, you only want the cure... Be, or you only have Stefan here because you know that he wants the cure for Elena. And then once Elena is no longer a vampire, you could go back to like mass producing hybrids because you'll have access to her blood again. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca knows what's up. Yeah. And she's like, fuck that. Uh, by the way, shout out to Phil. Uh, at least I fared better than him. <laughs> this is like okay. such a random comment. I was just like, oh, right. Phil. Yeah. I don't know why they brought him up again. Just to remind us, I guess, that he was a character. That he ever existed. Yeah. He's the one we should be calling pathetic. Like, come on. I know. But yeah, so then Stefan is like, all right, Klaus, like, what do you need me to do, like, to get, like, access to this cure? So Klaus pretty much is like, Stefan, so the fucking map is useless without the tool to decipher it. And Rebecca knows where it is. Klaus speaking in riddles like a sphinx again. <laughs> Very much so. And he says that Rebecca would never tell him, but she will tell Stefan. It's like he's Harry Potter trying to get the real Horcrux memory from Slughorn. <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head. Maybe because it's September 1st, a.k.a. the Hogwarts Express Day. Hooray. And as always, when mentioning Harry Potter, I must mention that we do very much want J.K. Rowling to take the Hogwarts Express straight to hell because she fucking sucks. She is the worst. <laughs> and it's crushing every time I fucking think about it because I love Harry Potter so much and it like has tarnished it for me. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We then... It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. So I don't know if they left the party together or what, but she is now at the professor's office Mm -hmm. and he's like going through his things and he pulls out this like huge picture of Bonnie and Grams as well as like an original Stephen King book. And I don't know. He names like a couple of random ass things. I was so confused by this that I didn't even notice how hilariously large that photo was. It was like a black and white photo on like an eight by 10 sheet of paper. But he's like, Oh, in a a first edition, Stephen King, did you know that she liked Cujo? And then we get multiple shots of this Cujo copy. And I was like, does Cujo have some kind of like 
connection to witchcraft or is there some reason that we're talking about Cujo? Because all I know is it has something with a dog. So I like read the whole plot summary of Cujo and I still have no idea why they talked about Cujo. Oh, yeah. There's probably no reason. They were like, what if Grams had this? <laughs> it's layers. It's a yeah. great characterization of this long dead character. <laughs> that crazy bitch, <laughs> Sheila, she loved rabid dogs. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yes, Bonnie's like, this is amazing. And she's looking at all these creepy things in the professor's office. And it's like, you found all of these on your travels? <laughs> because apparently Professor Shane travels the world with a little one-man show where he shows off all the curiosities that he's uh, unearthed. And then he makes some reference to himself being like Indiana Jones. And I'm like, fuck you. Get his also, name out of your mouth. Like, what year is it that people would pay to see, like, one dude's, like, fucking trunk of curiosities? Right? Like, like maybe in, like... 1114 or whatever the fuck but not in 2011 yeah take that shit back to 1110 AD in Italy yes <laughs> but then he like gets creepy and he's like so Bonnie do you like practice witchcraft and she's like I used to but I lost control of myself and there were consequences and like then he says something so fucking creepy he's like well there's other ways to do magic if you're interested. I'm a very open-minded person. And I was like, if this isn't every single, like, professor that's, like, ever hit on, like, an 18-year-old, then I don't know what the world is. Yeah, he says, I'm an open-minded guy who's seen a lot of things. I'm like, okay, oh, so that's oh. his Tinder profile. <laughs> yes. That he and his wife are looking for somebody to have a threesome with. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is so creepy. Like, everything in this conversation is so weird. Yeah. I have a very open mind. I mean, I guess in and of itself, like, that's not, like, a creepy thing to say, but, like, what he said, I was like, ew, stop! Yeah. Get away from Bonnie. Yes! Leave Bonnie alone. But he's like, I'm willing to share if you're interested. And she's like, oh, I love magic workarounds. Ugh. Gosh. And as I said earlier, I find you hot. <laughs> but luckily things don't go any farther there. And we leave that creepy conversation. And we go back to the party where now they at the party having the best time. Yes. We yeah. see Damon dancing with a sexy lady and casually drinking from her. We see Elena also dancing with a sexy lady and they look like they're going to be best friends forever, maybe also lovers. And Elena's just, like, smiling at her, like, this isn't going to hurt a bit. Don't worry. And she just drinks from her a little bit. And then they go back to dancing. Yeah. And they're wild and free and happy. And then she and Damon start dancing with each other and smearing blood all over their faces and licking it off their fingers. And I'm like, thank God this is a murder-themed party. Yeah. <laughs> or else people might be very confused. People would have questions, but luckily everybody is smeared in, well, blood or fake blood. We're not sure which. <laughs> Why not both? Yes. But Bonnie has arrived back at the party very quickly. Having She's a judgmental time. Conversation. <laughs> yes. And she is like, what in the fuck is happening here? 
And she only walks in in time to see that Elena and Damon are dancing. Like, she doesn't witness any of the blood drinking. She's just like, that's not your boyfriend, Elena. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, honestly, I feel like more concerned with her, like, riding up on Damon than she was with anything else. Yeah. I called him Damon that time. You did. Congrats. Hooray. Cheers to me. (laughs) But the second that Elena sees Bonnie, she's like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing? And she freaks out and she has to leave. Yeah. Can't have any fun. Nope. So, yeah, Elena storms away from the party. And then I think we go back to House of Klaus. Yep. And Klaus and Jeremy are are chatting. (laughs) Klaus says something like, oh, nice lines, Jeremy. (laughs) From one artiste to another. Yes. What a compliment. (laughs) Tattoos are the opposite of horses. <laughs> so I guess what Klaus starts like questioning, like why the tattoo is so small. Like he's like, this isn't the whole thing. Yeah. Jeremy says that he's done and mm-hmm. <laughs> Klaus immediately starts choking him and calls him a repugnant punk. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I appreciated the assonance there. Yes. Repugnant punk. And Jeremy's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's all there is. He said that, uh, by the way, relevant information, it gets bigger whenever he kills a vampire. Maybe I should have mentioned this earlier. Right. So Klaus is very frustrated now, and he... I forget why he needs to leave, but he calls in the aforementioned cute hybrid named Nate and is like, keep an eye on him. I gotta go. For some reason. Yeah, like, does he take Jeremy home, or I don't know. Oh, he says... That the lady hybrid who doesn't have a name is going to take Jeremy home. Oh, I think okay. maybe he needs to go check on Stefan. Yeah, sure. But Klaus is like, Nate, make sure that like nothing happens to Connor. Like, don't kill him under any circumstances. Yeah. So Connor's like trying to like bust out of the torture device and he's like able to like get the top bar off of like the piece of wood. Mm-hmm. And Nate comes in and he's like, I don't know. What does he do? He, like, punches him or something to, like, get him to stop? I forget what he does exactly. So I think what happened is Connor was able to, like, pull the bar a little bit away, but it's still chained. But he has, Uh like, a little give now. So Nate's like, oh, we got to tighten that back up or something. So he, like, leans in really close to do it, giving Connor the opportunity to have a Mike Tyson moment. Yeah, he bites his, like, bar earring (laughs) off. It's like, damn you, Nate. If only you weren't such a big My Chemical Romance fan, none of this would have happened. <laughs> You'd still have your head. Spoilers. Uh, and Nate was like, oh, that fucking sucks. Like, you're a freak. You're lucky I can't kill you. Yeah. And we see, like, Connor, like, spit out, like, the earring. We're mm-hmm. like, what's he gonna do with and this? And he starts, like... With his mouth moving it up toward his hands, like, oh, yes, he's going to use his mouth to pick this lock? Like, what? (laughs) I don't understand how it helps. I know. (laughs) It all happens off screen for a reason. (laughs) Yes, because it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, so then we go back to outside of the frat house where Elena is like having a crisis of confidence. She actually says the words, Who am I? And I know that, like, in the scene, the way that she's styled and, like, 
her facial expressions. She really reminded me of Vicky at the Halloween party in season one, like the night she died. Because Vicky was dressed as a vampire. So, like, they had blood on their faces and, like, some kind of high collar costume and, like, their Mm -hmm. hair was similar. I was like, whoa, Vicky vibes. They were both baby vampires who were losing control. Did they do that on purpose or if they did, good job. Yeah, maybe they did. I would like to think that they did. Yeah, R.I.P. girl. So she says, who am I? And I say, Vicky. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Elena. And she's like, I should be here with Stefan, not him. Because she's talking to Bonnie. I think Damon is like still inside. Yeah. Yeah. And Bonnie says something like, Damon always makes everything that he wants sound like a good idea somehow. I'm like, that's a really weird thing to say but sure yeah yeah and then damon comes out and like he looks at bonnie and bonnie's like being all judgy and he's like listen like she was having fun it's fine and bonnie's like she's acting like a different person and damon was like fuck all of you people like she is a different person now that she's a vampire like it's not the same like vampires hunt they drink blood we have to have fun because he makes a good point here he says like if they end up feeling guilty then we have to like switch off our humanity switch and that's like when we get in big trouble like stefan who's a fucking ripper yeah and if you can have fun with it then you can stop yourself from going too far yeah and everybody of course as we keep saying is so worried about elena potentially turning off her humanity because she's the most sensitive person in the world the most compassionate (laughs) she only knows love and yeah I, i agree with you like damon is making sense and obviously we don't want like people to murder other people even on the show but the ship has sailed elena is a vampire she's got to do fucking something and for some reason she can't do any of the like vegetarian vampire methods so what the fuck <laughs> yeah. else is she supposed to do starve right i know but she bonnie is judging her and she's judging herself because she keeps hearing from stefan and from like bonnie and probably jeremy like you can't be like other vampires like you have to be a good vampire and this is the only way to be a good vampire yeah it's dumb it is so dumb it really is and speaking of dumb and upsetting (laughs) now we go back to the salvatore boarding house for a nice scene between stefan and rebecca again yeah okay so they're at the boarding house here that makes more sense i thought for some reason they were still at the house of klaus but... i think they are aren't they by like the giant fireplace yeah i think they are i think the two right. houses look have a similar vibe like they when do. it's dark <laughs> but... no i totally think you're right i was just like why is rebecca like still hanging out like at the house mm-hmm. like after she left but yeah so they're having a bit of a heart to heart here so rebecca like starts off the conversation by saying like i like wanted the cure to vampirism because I was in love with Alexander, and I wanted to, like, live a life with him. And she asked Stefan, like, would you take it? Yeah, and we get more of this stuff where Rebecca's like, I am jealous of the love that you and Elena have. Like, I wish I had Mm -hmm. that. I thought I had it with Alexander. We were going to get married at this church called whatever. (laughs) It will become relevant later. And, yeah, Stefan's like, if I could grow old with Elena and have kids and blah, blah, blah. And we die together. Yeah. I'd take the cure. 
And he says something like about being buried together, which I didn't realize until the second time. He's like trying to get her thinking about like burying bodies. Oh, yeah. Dropping hints. And Rebecca's like, speaking of graves, can you believe that even after what he did to me, I buried Alexander at the place where we were to be wed? Rebecca. But she immediately realizes that she fucked up. She's like, oh, fuck. That's what you wanted to know. You were tricking me, you asshole. Yeah. I did like that she immediately realized. Yeah. I, I just feel like this scene was like a little weird. I didn't know like exactly what like Stefan was like trying to do until like she spilled the beans. It was like already too late. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. It, I hated it the whole time. Yeah. And then it's revealed that Klaus has been waiting in the shadows, of course, this whole time, emerging oh. once again after overhearing Rebecca have an upsetting conversation with a white man. Yeah. And he has not nice things to say. I didn't even write, like, any of the specific things he said this time because it was all the same shit, like, you're pathetic. Yeah. You just hand your heart to people over and over, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's the same old. And Rebecca is like, yes, so go ahead and laugh at the girl who loves too easily. She, like, goes on, like, this, like, speech about herself. But But then she burns Klaus. She's like, at least I know how to love. Nobody tells stories about the man who can't love. Oh, yes, that's right. And he reveals that he has the dagger now. And she's like, oh, fuck my life. And she tries to zoom away, but Stefan blocks her. Fucking Stefan. I know. And then, like, Klaus starts shedding one single tear, like, as he's, like, daggering Rebecca. And it's like, why do you feel guilty? Or are your feelings just hurt from the truth bomb that she just laid down? He's just always on the verge of tears in his heart, I think. Yeah. He's such an emo guy. (laughs) But he daggers Rebecca and then makes awkward eye contact with Stefan. (laughs) (laughs) And he says he he has a plane on standby. And he's going to go find the sword because Rebecca said exactly where it was because it was buried with Alex. Alex. Yeah. And he says, so you stay here. Nobody else can know about our cool plan or about the cure. You got to compel Jeremy to forget. And uh, then he has this really weird line, like, some secrets are stronger than family. What does that mean? As I've always said. (laughs) As I've always said, secrets are stronger than family. Horses are the opposite of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He's going to go to a great city and find the genuine beauty of the cure to vampirism. (laughs) Yes. How quickly Stefan got back into the fold with Klaus. Fuck that guy. I know. There's some point where Klaus is like, oh, it might be a deal with the devil, but I know you can't resist if it can help Elena. It's like the one thing that could make him team with Klaus again. I guess, like, that is why he's doing it. It just seems a little fishy to me. I don't know. Like, it's not going to end well. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But now Stefan has a secret. Mm-hmm. And Damon has arrived on the front porch with Elena. Always having these emotional com- conversations on her front porch. Right? <clears throat> 
And yeah, I think Elena's like trying to like explain away like what was happening at the party, like between her and Damon and like all of like the blood and everything. And she's like, things got like a little too heated. I really like don't want to be like you, Damon. Yeah, she's like, for some reason, I just like believe you when you tell me what I should do. But then I do it and I hate myself (laughs) because I don't want to be like you. And it's like, whoa, that was way harsh, Ty. For real. Luckily, Stefan arrives to interrupt this intense moment. Yeah. And Damon's like, oh, any news on the vampire hunter? And Stefan's like, nope, nothing to see here. Nothing new is happening. (laughs) Today was a bust. And Damon's like, all right, well, I'm out of here. She's all yours. Referring to Elena. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like, confesses to Stefan. She's like, shit was awful. Like, I got caught up, like, drinking all the blood like I don't I don't want to be like this I'm like feeling things that I never want to feel like I don't want it to get easier to like be a vampire so she's really like spiraling and feels like great shame about her behavior at the party which I didn't think was that bad it was not yeah she didn't kill anybody like the only thing she should be ashamed of is something she's not even thinking about which is the whole roofie situation right I know but she's really hitting the point that she can't live like this. She doesn't think that mm-hmm. she can survive so that Stefan feels like validated in his recent decisions. Exactly. Like the only way to save Elena is to cure her. It it fits perfect. What great so, timing. Definitely motivating Stefan to continue on. Mm-hmm. But we gotta now have just one last pair of scenes, both of which, well, I guess it's one cliffhanger in two scenes. back at the house of klaus nate is like leaving a message for klaus or something like oh yeah i think you gotta send a couple other hybrids for this guy just to be safe and he turns his back to connor because he is cute but he is dumb Mm -hmm. and connor has used his own earring to get out of his chains somehow and he uses said chains to Grot him so hard that his head pops off. Oh my god. It was gross. Yes. And then we see a very dramatic shot of his tattoo growing. A whole new section that's like a pentagram surrounded by snakes or something. (laughs) Right. And we think that that's going to be the end. But then like it pans away from that portion of Connor's tattoo into like a picture of the same thing like on a wall. And we see that it's in the professor's study or whatever the fuck office mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like well I was like what the fuck like is that just a coincidence but then we know no it is not a coincidence <laughs> because Connor waltzes in and he's like why the fuck did you send me to that like horrible like horrible place <laughs> and the professor gets a very creepy look on his face <laughs> And then the episode ends. Yeah. So the professor's behind the reason why Connor's out here killing everybody. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? Any theories? Ow. I don't know. I mean, I was thinking, like, if he's, like, so obsessed with witches, could it be, like, the old, like, witch-vampire, like, tension coming up again? Because... I feel like earlier in the series we had more of like the discussion that like vampires and witches like don't really get along that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, aside from that, 
I don't know who this guy is or what his relationship was with Graham or why <laughs> he's sicked Connor on the town. Sadly, we will learn more about this guy. Yeah. I don't totally remember like what his deal is, but I just know that he is around it for at least one or two more episodes. I just hope he doesn't sleep with Bonnie. That's oh like the only thing that I don't want to happen. Can't Bonnie have like a good love interest? I know. Well, she has Jamie, but he I, they forget yeah. he exists frequently. Jamie, where are you? Where are you? Come save Bonnie from this man. Yes. <laughs> and you mentioned a little bit uh, how convenient the timing is with this cure thing. What do you think of the concept of a cure to vampirism? Vampirism. Uh, I feel like it's not true. <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, it would, I guess, technically destroy all vampires. Because if... That, but that's assuming that all vampires wanted the cure, unless you like force the cure on them and then just like right. unturn them. But yeah, I think yeah. the wording was like no vampire can survive it. So if a vampire takes the cure, then they aren't a vampire anymore and will eventually die. Yeah. But I'm like, that's still a little bit of a stretch to call that a weapon. Right. Like, you gotta go door to door to every vampire in the world. I know, and have them do whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's very curious. I feel like there has to be some sort of, like, hang-up. It seems too good to be true. Mm. Indeed. I have... Actually, I, I kind of do remember what is the deal with The Cure more than other things this season, so I, I'm not going to say okay. anything. <laughs> but... Cool. It will <laughs> be a plot point going forward. <laughs> That's okay. all I'll say. Yeah. I feel like this episode really set us up in motion for, like, the rest of the season yeah. like I know that we usually have like a couple of arcs each season but this feels like the first big one like I feel like the last three episodes were kind of like a random series of just like <laughs> batshit insane events that like also tied up within that same episode but this mm -hmm. it seems to have like built enough to really get things going yeah and basically every episode this season so far has introduced at least one new character yeah. And I think we've met all of our players for the season okay. by now. So it is really like the jumping off point for the rest of what's going to happen. Yeah. Whew, here we go. I hope we get more flashbacks to 1114. <laughs> you want to see Alexander again? I do. I want to see his smooth face. <laughs> oh, my God. In the scene at the beginning with the like birth of the, the five. Yeah. He just gets this weird look on his face that seems really anachronistic, like, as a facial expression. After, like, his sword is activated, he just looks like, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, with the long hair, I see that. I see that. It made me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, they were ridiculous flashbacks, but I enjoyed them. Like, yeah. no flashback is going to be better than, like, Catherine in 1864 yeah, with the Salvatore brothers, but... Yes. It was pretty Where cool. is Catherine? That's a good question. I miss her. I miss her, too. But there are plenty of characters that we wouldn't miss if they were to disappear off of the show. Uh, and on that note, who you want to punch this week? Hmm. I feel like there's an easy answer, but I'm going with it because I'm so enraged. It has to be Klaus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
just the way that he like treated Rebecca and you see it like happening in like the original timeline and like the 1100s as well as how he just kept digging and digging and digging and digging at Rebecca with the same snide ass comments it was just like honestly hard to watch so Mm -hmm. especially the scene after Alexander had just died and like okay yeah it fucking sucks that like Rebecca I guess put her family in danger by like having a relationship with Alexander but first of all like no one stopped her because they assumed that it was safe enough and like when all the shit went down and Klaus was just like screaming at her it was just like honestly triggering for me to like watch him treat her like that it was it was disgusting it was very intense it was and then just knowing that for centuries literally after that Rebecca kept standing by his side like through everything yeah and like I feel like in the past episodes we've definitely seen and like heard the characters say that you know Rebecca is like kind of like desperate for attention and love but like not not as bad as it was like this episode like he just kept repeating it repeating it and repeating it and talking about how like stupid Rebecca was to hand her heart over to like any man that called her pretty like all this horrible shit so i want to give klaus a huge punch definitely Uh, who are you gonna punch this week it's kind of similar um i want to punch stefan okay i almost feel like what he did to rebecca was worse because like klaus has been on this bullshit for a long time yeah but stefan just like without any qualms without any thought just completely turned on Rebecca in a way that had nothing to do with her having killed Elena like this was just yeah it was like in cold blood he's just like I'm going to use her feelings for me to manipulate her into giving me this information then I'm gonna let her brother stab her and be like oh I'm sorry and he gets yeah. off scot-free for it because she's more mad at Klaus yeah. and it's just so gross like she is nothing to him like oh yeah whatever fuck Rebecca I need to get this for Elena. I don't care what I have to do to get it. Yeah. That's a good choice, too. Also, like, when he was talking with her at the grill and was like, maybe I'll put in a good word, like, with Matt. It's just, like, so gross. Hate it. Yeah. That's a good choice. I feel like there were many punchable people this episode. Yeah, I mean, we could have always punched Professor Shane just for his vibes. Yep. (laughs) Bad vibes. Creepy. (laughs) Creepy come on lines. Could have punched Connor for chopping off Nate's pretty head. Yeah. But I think we got the the big ones. <laughs> Definitely. So who you want to uh, high five? So I feel like this is a weird choice, but I'm going for it. So I keep flip-flopping between Team Stefan and Team Damon, <laughs> just as I keep mixing up their names every time that I try to talk about this damn show. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to high five Damon. I feel like, okay, he's like kind of a pain in the ass, a little bit gross in this episode, but I feel like he's the only person that's like letting Elena be what and who she needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of the guilt that Elena had in the second part or like at the end of the episode came from like shame from Bonnie's reaction and not necessarily how she would have felt had she not had like the judgment from Bonnie. Mm -hmm. So I want to high five Damon because 
I feel like this was the first time that Elena got to actually act like a vampire. The only time that she's had legitimate fun because she was having way more fun at this party than she was when she was doing that very dangerous trick on Stefan's motorcycle. (laughs) And yeah, I just feel like Damon's like kind of looking out for her in the right way. And maybe Stefan has like more pure intentions, but Damon's like taking better actions. I don't even think that Stefan has pure intentions because for him, it's all wrapped up in this idea that Elena has to be exactly the thing that he thinks she is. Yeah. And that she cannot change, that if she were to change at all, that that would be the worst possible thing. Yeah. And because he hates himself for being a vampire, he's like conflicted about being able to love Elena as a vampire if Elena acts in any way like she enjoys being a vampire. Oh, that's a good point. I like I like thinking about it through that lens. Yeah. And like you said, at the party, like Elena with a big smile on her face says the words, I feel good. Has this ever happened in the entire series that she smiled and said that she felt good and it was true? No, never. She's never been happy since the show began. And obviously it's complicated because of the whole like drinking people's blood thing but yeah within the rules of what's happening with her like she's doing the best she can and like she didn't kill anybody and she kept herself in control she learned new skills that will help her to live her best life right and i feel like all of stefan's like bullshit is bullshit because he's like he even says it to rebecca he's like elena is going to kill someone someday Like, he knows it's going to happen. So, like, why... I feel like he's, like, A, postponing the inevitable, and B, putting Elena in a worse position than she would be if she was doing these activities with Damon, where she could actually, like, train herself not to kill people. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Team Damon this episode. Yeah, for sure. And, like, (laughs) obviously Damon has his own second set of motives that, like, he loves Elena, and he loves the idea of being closer to her or, like, having more in common with her, being able to understand her more. But he's also more right about things than Stefan is. Absolutely. Who do you want to high-five, Claire? That is a really good question. I'm trying to think of anybody. Like, Damon, I think, was a good choice. But I'm like, who on this episode who... Like, I want to punch everybody else. (laughs) I mean, I guess I I can't high five Elena because of the roofie situation. Yeah, the roof. Nope, she's out of the running. I can't high five Bonnie like I normally would for the judgment. Yeah, I can't even high five Rebecca because her whole thing is just sad this week. Caroline's not even in this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna high five Sheriff Forbes. <laughs> Nice. Because she's also my favorite sheriff. Yes, perfect. I love it. And that's all I have to say about that. Because we've pretty much already started Wire Men, so we might as well just continue from where we just were. Yes. Because even, like, when one's being good and one's being bad, like, both Stefan and Damon are once again just completely fixated on Elena and arguing about what's best for her. Yeah. And it's like, when will we ever, will we ever stop playing this game? I don't think we will. And, like, I was thinking about this as I was, like, preparing for our episode. You know, a lot of important work goes in. And neither of them treat Elena as a partner. Mm. And, like, they treat her as, like, a child, honestly, like, that needs to be taken care of. Like, whether she was a child because she was, like, a defenseless 
quote unquote human doppelganger. I mean, she actually um, was a child until recently. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And like now she's like a weak baby vampire. So she like can't mm-hmm. like do anything. But they like don't consult her about what she wants or like how she wants to live. They just kind of like bounce back and forth ideas off of like one another and it's just it's just so weird it's like not a relationship yeah and like more of Stefan's whole thing with Elena right now is he's seeing his relationship with Elena and what's going on with her as just doing damage control right now it's Mm -hmm. not like a relationship in any way it's like I'm triaging the situation like I'm stopping the bleeding and like what are we gonna do if this situation gets fixed and you have no drama to like sustain your bullshit like missions to save her from whatever like there's nothing else there yeah it's true and i know we already talked uh a bit at length about klaus's treatment of rebecca Mm. this episode like almost goes like it like presents itself in a different way but it like i feel like pretty closely relates to how Stefan is like taking ownership and like treating Elena like Klaus does the same thing like for Rebecca and he like does it under the guise of like it being normal because he's like her big brother creepy yeah and that like nobody questions too much why Rebecca still stands by him after all this time because he keeps on shitting on her and shitting on her and shitting on her probably at some point literally he daggers (laughs) her multiple times throughout her life like I can think off the top of my head of at least three times that he's daggered her now maybe four. Oh yeah yeah and as she said like taking her for granted like she's the only sibling that will stand by him because she's the girl and like she's weak and delicate and if you're nice to her she'll do whatever you want it's like if you're nice to people like they will be nice back like that's just how human relationships work you catch more flies with honey and yeah. rebecca is the only one among them who has been socialized to have any kind of like social grace or emotional intelligence and so like she's able to have nuanced complicated feelings whereas you're just like Rebecca is not doing what I want her to do I hate her or Rebecca is helping with my plans I love my sister so much but there's no room for anything to be complicated there and we see in this episode like the first thing that set off this rift between them and as you said like he was palling around with Alex, too. Like, he thought it was fine. And he even, like, alludes to the fact that, like, they sent Rebecca in to investigate in his yeah. pants. And it's like, because it didn't work out the way he wanted, like, that has to be Rebecca's fault now. And because there's the added layer of, like, she was having sex with a guy, like, that makes her dirty and stupid. And, right. like, and, like we have to shame her. Yeah. And, like, obviously Rebecca has issues, and it's not... Like some some of the stuff that he says to her is not totally wrong in like the facts of it that yes she does have a tendency to undervalue herself and take a lot of bad treatment because she wants love but it's like not necessarily a bad thing to want love and why she is willing to take such bad treatment is because that's what she's learned from her family relationships like this is what you've given to her and she just wants you to love her like she loves you. And she looks for that in her romantic relationships. But she keeps on finding men who use her and mistreat her. And it's not her fault. She needs a lot of therapy. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is what happens. Like, you date people who, like, you learn 
the model for relationships through the relationships with the people you grew up with, like your parents and your family. It's like, what did she learn from Michael? (laughs) Right. What did she learn from Klaus? Nothing good. I hate it. I love Rebecca and this show and all the characters on it constantly just like fuck her over. Yeah. I I feel like she's the most downtrodden character like that we've had. Yeah. She's like, what other shit can we heap on Rebecca's plate today? She never gets to be happy because she's not like the main character and because she's sometimes positioned as a villain. Like we don't have to have her have victories or nice things. Right. And now Matt gets this damn truck (laughs) scot-free. I mean, she did kind of owe him a truck. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I just felt like, I don't know, maybe Rebecca could have gotten like a Matt hang out of it or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand why she likes Matt, but you know, to each their own. And now the world has one more quarterback. <laughs> Is he still a quarterback? Because I have not seen. I that haven't activity. seen anybody see, play football in a while. Yeah. I don't know. He's a quarterback in his heart. <laughs> and of course, you know, we talked about the roofing um, oh, at, at length, but just toxic and scary uh like it's just like such a party casual background point like yeah. this is a a wire men thing where it's like meta beyond like the plot of the show it's just like whoever wrote this episode and made these decisions was like okay so we can use this as just like a quick cute reason why elena would want to bite this guy but we're not going to deal with any of the implications or possible fallout from it and it's just like oh she punished him so now it's fine good point yeah people get roofied all the time like We'll just make it a, a, a cute little plot point. Yeah. And, like, that it would be, like, expected that someone would get roofied, obviously, like, at a frat party. Like, that would just, like, be commonplace. Yeah, that's at, what you get college. for going to a frat party. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yikes. Ugh, there was so much to hate about men in this episode. <laughs> like, we haven't even touched on, like, the whole creepy vibe of Professor Shane. Which Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like speaks for itself pretty much. It does. It's like the combination of like weird power dynamics, inappropriate relationships with the people that you're teaching, his presence at the party, um, the combination of all of those things are just like red flag after red flag after red flag. Mm-hmm. And now we know he's bad because he sent Connor into Mystic Falls to fuck shit up. Yep. I just... Yeah, just thinking about him, like, what was his relationship with Grams? I'm curious. Curious. I don't remember. Because Grams was never a vampire fan. She was always suspicious of vampires. Yeah. But, like, she was chill with Stefan in both 1969 and 2010 or whatever. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about the 1969 (laughs) flashback. I wonder if they read Cujo together. (laughs) Wait, that probably wasn't published in 1969. (laughs) Uh, I really want to make, like... A timeline with like picture I'm sure this exists online but I don't want to uh google it because spoilers. I'll get a spoiler but I just want like a timeline of like all the flashbacks of like <laughs> everyone's like outfit uh from that year yes a wig chart <laughs> wigs over time oh my god I feel like there's probably more to say about wireman in this episode but I can't deal with it anymore <laughs> I'm tired of talking about it for now. I'm tired in general. Yeah. So let's move on to something fun. Uh, who should have done it? Uh, you should go first. I feel like I've gone first on all the segments. All right. Well, I 
absolutely 100% say Klaus and Jeremy. Oh, okay. <laughs> because they bonded over their artistry and nice Klaus <laughs> complimented Jeremy's lines. And I just feel like if it hadn't taken the turn, like, oh, I, I can't see any more of the tattoo. It was like he was leaning over Jeremy's shoulder, looking at his art and complimenting it. I could see a scenario where Jeremy finishes the drawing. And he's like, oh, nice. Well, we'll wait for Stefan to talk about this. Meanwhile, can I show you some of my drawings of various creatures? Uh, like, yes. here's a horse. Here's another horse. Here's my father <laughs> murdering a horse with a sword. Here's the great city of Constantinople. Genuine beauty. And he just turns and looks into Jeremy's eyes and says, genuine beauty. (laughs) I love this choice. I love this choice. This is so good. I can see it. I see it. It's like when (laughs) Jeremy and Tyler were bonding over them both being artists. Art is the language of love. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. (laughs) All right, your turn. Okay. Um, I think that the witch and the five should have done it. Um, I mm. feel like they should have turned that little rose ceremony. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> like the original like lightning strike into like an orgy situation. And uh, yeah. I like that. But it also reminds me of one other thing I wanted to say in Wireman. <laughs> oh, good. Let, let's bring it back there. Because there is a throwaway line when Alexander is explaining what the five deal is to all the originals. He says that they were bonded and created through the last breath of a dying witch. Oh. So the implication is that the witch in the beginning, like, gave her life to create the five. And it's like, of course. Oh, no. This black woman died so that these five white guys could go murdering people all over the place. Like, what the fuck, Vampire Diaries? I did not pick up on that. Ugh. I feel like I should change my choice now. Okay, I don't know. Just, you can just say that, that you wish that she had lived and they had had an orgy. Sure. There we go. Uh, yeah. And now this time I actually did write down a favorite quote for our new-ish segment. Oh, good. I did too. I did too, but I almost forgot about it. Would you like to go first? <laughs> sure. So, um... I liked this line because it's just like kind of one of those like funny throwaway Damon lines. Um, it was when they were in the classroom and Elena's like, what if I'm a ripper, Damon? And he's like, you're not. And she's like, well, what if I am? And he's like, all right, well, let's just pick someone and we'll find out. <laughs> I just <laughs> like we talked about, I feel like that like attitude is what Elena needs like to become a vampire. And mm-hmm. it just it just made me laugh. <laughs> I like it. Uh, what was your favorite line? Uh, mine was also a Damon line from, I think, the scene after that, <laughs> when Elena fails to drink the blonde because of the little sister. Uh-huh. Damon says, everybody is somebody's uncle or father or camp counselor or Bible study teacher. I was like, and if you're a Lark Saltzman, you might be all four. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, Uncle Father John. Like, right. Sometimes you're more than one. <laughs> I have to give an honorable mention to a uh, sheriff or Liz Forbes, my favorite sheriff. That was good. But I feel like I always pick a line about Sheriff Forbes or Mayor Carol Lockwood, so I didn't want to pick that one. Because they're both just treasure troves of comedy. <laughs> they really are. They're the true comic relief in this show. <laughs> I really wish they had a spinoff or like a prequel. Uh, me too. Do you think that the writers know that Sheriff Forbes and 
Carol Lockwood are hilarious. I don't know. If yeah. you are a writer, or if you were a writer for the Vampire Diaries, please contact us. If for some reason you're listening to this podcast and not getting really mad at us for always shaming you, <laughs> please give us this insider information. Yes, we love you for creating the show, even though sometimes we think you fuck up. Yes, we we do love the show. We do love the show. Yes. <laughs> and man, this is a, a really good week for Damon. He got a high five and both our favorite quotes. Wow, he did. Way to go, Damon. <laughs> so I guess that takes us to uh, the end of the episode, unless you had anything else to say. No, I think I think that's it. I feel like we covered it. So not related to the episode, but related to the Vampire Diaries. As you might have seen on Instagram, I have started listening to the audiobook of the first Vampire Diaries book. Oh. I haven't gotten very far yet. Actually... It's just really short, so I'm like a quarter of the way through. <laughs> nice. But I just have to share a couple of really hilarious facts. <laughs> Maybe this will be like an occasional check-in if I keep going with it. Nice. I love it. So very early in the book, Elena notices that there's a very large crow watching her. <laughs> and there's just like this long paragraph. She's like, I felt the heat like rising in me and I've... I felt these chills in my body. The crow was watching me. And it was like she was getting all horny because the crow was looking at her. What the hell? It was really funny. The creepy crow. Oh, my gosh. And I know our pal Lindsay, when she was a guest on the podcast, told us the wonderful fact that Tyler's name in the books is Tyler Smallwood. (laughs) But there's another football player character who is often mentioned in the same scenes with Tyler, whose name is Dick Carter. And I just want those two characters to get married so that he can be called Dick Smallwood. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) So as I get further into this journey, I'll share more hilarious facts about the books, but it's already ridiculous. Awesome. I can't wait. Thank you for dropping that creepy crow uh, information. (laughs) I was so excited that there was a creepy crow in the book. Yes. We, the creepy crows never come around anymore. Ah. So, if you would like to contact us about anything, you can Mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. You could also find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. Or if you'd like to send us a detailed email on men's grooming habits um, <laughs> in ancient Europe, you could email us at the VD Diaries at gmail.com. Yes, please do. Uh, Since our last recording, we've gotten messages from listeners in Italy and Mexico. So I'd like to shout them out. I confirmed very important information that in Italy, they do eat a lot of homemade mozzarella. Mozzarella. And I asked our listener Hilda in Mexico if she could give us a Spanish translation of Why Are Men? Uh, she said an example, if we wanted to say, why are men so rude? We could say, por qué los hombres son tan groseros? <laughs> and I love that because groseros means rude, but it sounds like gross. So it's the perfect word for men. Yes. So thank you, Hilda. Thank you, Hilda. Love that. <laughs> and if you want to share any fun stuff with us like that, please reach out. We'd love hearing from you. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes. We've gotten, we've passed the 100 mark of ratings on iTunes, which I found very exciting. Wow, that is exciting. So thank you to all of you. 
and mystic followers yes we love you you're all over the world which is so cool and just as a last piece of parting advice i just gotta say if you find yourself at a frat party and somebody is smearing blood all over their face and looking it off their fingers it might be time to leave good tip he's a ripper mozzarella